Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Break free from the forces holding you back. Get the life you deserve. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results. Getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fujian app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory in the palm of your hand. Download the Fujian app today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Podcast, a heartfelt chat with me, Dr. Fujian Zane. I'm a psychotherapist and author, the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. It is so great to be with you today. Here are some of the series of the books about um, Awareness Integration Theory, where many of you who are uh, sending me text then asking me to share those with you. Um, the first one, Life Reset, is um, a self-help book where you could go through uh, different areas of your life, almost 21 areas of your life, and the journal. So it's a self-help book. You could go through the whole process, every area of your life, and really look at um, how this uh, program really supports you to find a fulfilling life. When we've done the research uh, with this book in Cal State Long Beach, we found that it minimizes depressive episodes and anxiety, so it really could help you. For all of you who are therapists or coaches who really want to learn more and more about awareness integration therapy, this um, the book Awareness Integration Therapy supports you in going through the path and working step-by-step -step with your clients. And then the third one and the latest one, Intentional Parenting. Intentional Parenting was written with two of my wonderful co-authors, um, Dr. Nicole Jafari and Dr. Eileen Manukian. Both of them specialize in um, child development. And we looked at how the awareness integration theory can support your child um, and your parenting skills to move your child from uh, one phase to another. We have chapters from infancy all the way to young adulthood. Um, that teaches you the cognitive, the emotional, the developmental stages of each one of these phases of life and can support you in how to be with them. This book is great for parents, for teachers, um, grandparents who are doing a lot of amazing job of maybe babysitting and uh, supporting their children. So get those books. You can go to my website, foodronsane.com or Amazon, anywhere you can get your books. Today, I'm excited to, um, to chat with Diane Costo. She is the founder and the CEO of Symmetry Neuropathway Training. She's a mom on a mission. She's done a spectacular job on this mission. Her mission is to make neurofeedback technology available to families and individuals everywhere, even in the convenience of your home. She wants to help other families avoid the trauma that her family experienced as a result of her son's brain dysregulation. Um, we spoke about neurofeedback, how it works, how it can support you, um, what are the ways that it could support you, and um, how you can get for yourself, either at an um, institution or even at home. So I really love this program, and I'm hoping that you enjoy it as much as I did. Subscribe to my podcast, my YouTube channel, and connect with me through any of the social media. 
and through my website, fujanzay.com. And um, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know uh, what your needs are, what you like to hear. So chat with me anytime. And here she is, Diane Costa. Hello, Diane Costo. So nice to have you on the show. Nice to be here with you. Well, we're going to talk about um, neurofeedback. Um, you have Symmetry. You're the CEO and founder of Symmetry Neuropathway Training. And um, you uh, are a mother on, on a mission because you've gone through your own struggles with um, your child and uh, trying to figure out how uh, and what type of a treatment would be best. And it um, seems like you found neurofeedback. And um, let's share a little bit about your uh, process and where you got there and really get involved in looking at, you know, what is neurofeedback? Why does it help? Why is this modality um, supporting so many people with different types of condition? Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, I got into the field unexpectedly after a long, many years of seeking environments that might work better for my son. So I had two boys. The youngest one was impulsive off the charts. Um, and from the beginning, right around kindergarten until going into the eighth grade, I would get these phone calls. You know, we really love him, but he's not following the program. You need to come and get him. So I tried every different thing, you know, school environment basically for him uh, from private school to homeschool, boarding school, homeschool again, and got kicked out of homeschool twice, sadly, um, military academy, you know, I, I just every different thing that I could think of to put him in an environment where he might succeed. And I'd get that same phone call. By the time that he went into the military academy, uh, I had he was addicted to games. He, there were holes in my walls. He was refusing schoolwork. He was getting too big for me to even protect him and my other son and keep him, you know, in control in our environment. I thought maybe he had Tourette's or something. It was so extreme. And I, when he was going to the military academy, I was like, you've got to make this work for you, bud, or you're not welcome back home. That's how extreme it was. I'm a single mom trying to be tough with him, you know, trying not to let him walk all over me because you get judged as a single mom of being too lenient, right? So I, I kept trying all these different options and professionals just shaking their heads like we don't really know what to do for him. But we, for a short time period, obviously, medication is one of those choices you can go for. Um, and I did try that route. He was on medication for a short period and just it just got rid of his personality. So it was so heartbreaking to me. Uh, I'd rather have the holes in my walls. <laughs> so we, we worked him off of the medications, but lo and behold, he goes to the military Academy and I get that phone call again that says, you've got to come and pick him up. And I said, no. And this is the South Carolina military Academy. He was 12 and I, you know, running out of options. What was I going to do with them? I actually went, go oh. ahead. What was the diagnosis, Diane, when you went to come to the physicians and doctors and psychiatrists? Yeah, there was no diagnosis. Um, I didn't go to a traditional doctor for an evaluation because he came across as a 110% boy with a bad attitude. And he could focus and pay attention on things that he chose to. Um, in hindsight, I know he probably would have been pegged with 
you know, ADD because he was very impulsive. He had no impulse control. Uh, he, like I said, we thought at one point, maybe it was Tourette's. He saw a pediatric neurologist, but she didn't officially diagnose him. And, and he, yeah, he just came across as like, it was his choice, but what he was really doing was hiding with this strong man front, you know, because he had no physical control. He had no pause before reacting. So he had to put up that front because he kept getting labeled and kicked out and judged and all of that. Right. So ADHD, I think that um, a lot of uh, the kids or adults with ADD or ADHD also have um, their impulse control also extends itself to their anger and angry outbursts and how much they get angry. Right. So that could have still been part of the uh, assessment and diagnosis. Right. And he was highly sensitive and emotional, but he had to put that tough man front up. Right. And so it was a vicious cycle that you get emotional, you lose control, you get angry, you get, you know, and it just kept cycling like that. But here I am not knowing what to do aside from just medicating him. So he's just, there's no personality and just trying to be, you know, rigid and, and sticking to my guns and fighting with them, which wasn't an answer. You know, in, in hindsight, I see that there's, you know, trauma informed things that were missed that we should have looked at uh, from the divorce that I went through and different things that he had experienced. But lo and behold, he ends up in this uh, school for troubled teens that I tried to avoid from the time that he was kin- in kindergarten until he's in eighth grade now. They, they accept him in one of those programs, the therapeutic program. And he gets a few months into that and I get a call from the CEO. We really love him, but he's not following the program. What are we going to do? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like you created these kind of programs to help these kids. <laughs> what are we going to do? And whatever you believe in, higher power, God, it was. I was introduced then to the founder of a neurofeedback company at this point. And he was about one year into business trying to make it easier for chiropractors to incorporate neurofeedback into their practices. And he said, that's the kind of kid I can help. And I was like, bring it on. What do I need to do? I went through the training. He trusted me with a $22,000 system. And I drove from South Carolina to the, I call it middle of nowhere, Utah, <laughs> where my son was in that program. And I set it up in that school. Unfortunately, they had the space. They they were understanding that there were, we were out of options for him. He couldn't go to a wilderness program. He'd accidentally kill himself. You know, he was that extreme. So I set up there and started running sessions on him and he started to change. I saw immediately he, he was just, well, he was happy to see me, obviously. <laughs> There's mom showing up here to rescue me. Uh, he didn't believe in what I was doing. He didn't know what it was going to do. Um, he's got a couple sensors on his head. He's sitting back watching movies and they're, you know, getting brighter when his brain's creating a healthy pattern. It's going dimmer when it's not. And he's like, yeah, this isn't doing anything. I'm like, okay, whatever. We're trying it. And he started to uh, rest better because I could see the dark circles under his eyes were lightening up. He started to actually participate in some of the elements of the program and show up where he was refusing before. Uh, and one of the best things that I saw when he started being able to have that pause before reacting is that that spark started to come back in his eyes. He started to gain confidence again that he had lost after all of the years of failing and being judged, you know. And so that's how I was introduced to neurofeedback. And at, at the, two weeks into that, when I landed there, I shared with the parents what I was doing. And they were like, bring it on. 
you know, we don't like the medications either. We don't have the money to have our kids in here either. We're going into debt. We don't, you know, we don't know what else to do and why not? If there's no harm, let's try it. And so it wasn't just my son that responded positively, but also the other kids in the program that signed up and some of the staff. And I was blown away because a hundred percent of these people that I started running these sessions on being just a mom on a mission. I'm not a neuroscientist, you know, <laughs> I'm not a neuro guru, but I watched them improve in some positive way, all of them. And that's how I came out of the gates. That was about 13 years ago. <laughs> that's how I found neurofeedback. And it set me on this path of why didn't somebody mention this before I was in all this kind of debt and before we went through all the trauma and, and you know, as I was fighting with them to try to keep them under control and, and enforce all of these rules. Well, I'm sure if you, that there was a path for you to take him to a, like a psychiatrist to be um, actually diagnosed. I think neurofeedback has been known for minimizing anxiety and definitely bringing focus and changing the, um, you know, the, uh, the alpha wave to beta wave in um, in in the kids and and adults. I remember. You know, I was trained in in hypnosis and um, eye movement desensitization reprocessing, and I had a lot. I was working with teenagers with ADHD for a long time, mm -hmm. and same thing. It's like you could do a lot of behavioral work, but in, it's for them to first catch themselves in order to do the behavioral work was very very hard. Right. So. I remember going to uh, a biofeedback uh, slash neurofeedback training and really learning how to monitor yourself. I see it mostly as a mirror. Um, even with the biofeedback, it was really interesting when, you know, going into a training, obviously they put it also on you and you're looking at different aspects of what's going on in your own body or in your own brain. And um, in the biofeedback one was really interesting because I would sit down and say, you know, I thought if I just tell myself, relax, 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 that my body relaxed. Well, no, it didn't. Like I thought it did, but, um, you know, my body showed on, on the computer screen that it wasn't really relaxing. And, um, but I was very pictorial. So the minute that I started envisioning, I'm beside an ocean, I have the sunlight on me, you know, and I got this vision, my body just calmed down immediately. Right. It's almost like a mirror, you know, you see yourself in this mirror that you think something, but it's different when you actually look into the mirror. So in the neurofeedback, obviously they uh, put these uh, electrodes on your brain. So it shows in, in the vibrate, you know, in the waves, the alpha wave, beta wave, and all of those. And it was interesting in how you, uh, the more, the more that you could play these games and focus, and then you could train yourself in how to focus is as if you're going to the gym, you know, the more that you focus your, um, and the more that you train your body in a particular way that your muscles will get uh, better and better in handling the pressure and, you know, um, getting, getting firmer and firmer and um, having the ability to move more pounds um, because you're training your muscle is the same thing. You're training your brain. Right in the way because you're getting feedback that's what it's called neural feedback you're getting a feedback like a mirror that if you do it this way you can hold the focus if you let go it let goes and then you come back and keep doing it and training your brain in how to do that 
and other ways like you could train your brain to become focused you could train your brain to calm yourself down and you know move alpha waves up so it was really really fascinating in how this type of training can be so personalized for the person and they can figure out exactly what works for them obviously you know as the clinician or, or the technician is sitting with them what was your experience as someone who was um, conducting the neurofeedback for your son or other people who were there? Well, my experience was strictly, uh, you know, it, it blew my mind that no matter what the diagnosis was, whatever the labels were, when I went into that program, and I took a look at the brainwave activity, what little I learned enough to do this basic neurofeedback showed that they had similar dysregulation in those brainwave patterns. And so when I saw that, I was like, it makes so much sense now. There's a physical reason in their brains why they struggle with impulse control and inattention and you know depression, anxiety, those things. There's a physical component to it. And, and I just loved the fact that through that tool, which is pretty passive. I mean, it's even more passive than other forms of biofeedback because you can't always get into a zone where you can tell when your brain is regulated now because we're doing not just a single component band, like you mentioned, alpha up could be relaxing for some people or something, but it has gotten more uh, more detailed in the different component bands of the brainwave activity that you can encourage and might be on this side of the brain or that side of the brain or both at the same time. And you don't even really feel the state that you're in, but through that technology, your brain can learn to produce that healthier pattern. So it was just mind blowing to me to be able to sit there and see that and watch this technology that's not interactive. It's just between the, the technology and their brain that the brain can figure out what to do. And, and that's the whole goal of neurofeedback is to help the brain better regulate because when people have better regulated brains, they function better, right? The, uh, the, I don't know what uh, your path was, but there's a lot of also um, interactiveness that was happening with the games that, that were being played. And so that one parts of the game that were being played uh, through neurofeedback was to diagnose actually to see what you know the amount of focus can be or not or or it gets lost and some of that was a part of uh, the training of the brain through the games um, but you're also saying that you're you have been working on it without interaction it was just more of um, just almost like EEG getting uh, the brain waves through neurofeedback is that what you're sharing yeah, well, we did have some of the games in the past, and there are a lot of different styles and types of neurofeedback out there. But what I've found over the last 13 years is that sometimes the games were even frustrating for people. Um, and as a layperson, we never used this as a diagnostic tool. We just, I'd used it just to help the brain learn to better regulate. And what we found was a lot of people just seeing the visual on the screen, if it went a little brighter, that rewarded the brain because we naturally want to see something better than, you know, like when we wake up in the morning, our eyes focus, right? Or it could be maybe a little bit louder, the, the volume, just a fading where it's brighter and louder when their brain's meeting a healthy pattern and dimmer and quieter when the brain is not producing a healthy pattern. And people can watch Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, something they're interested in that's not too overly dramatic and their brain 
we'll learn to produce that pattern to see it in a better resolution. It's as simple as that. So, because some of the games became frustrating for people. And like you said, when you were trying to calm yourself down, that doesn't always work. If you can relax and allow the brain to do its communication with the software, a lot of times you're better off. That's the version of neurofeedback that I've used. There are, like I said, different techniques out there. And there, there are even some that are doing a low level current through the brain at this point, like magnetic stim. And they're, they're getting good results with it. But being a lay person and wanting this available for everyone, I like the technology driven learning technique rather than forcing the brain to do anything. So what you're saying is really ju just the, the the mirroring effect, which is when uh, when a person just sees what their brain is doing out there, they're automatically um, the the brain automatically rises itself to where the intention is and where the intention of the person is to get, which is if they want to focus more and they just by seeing it, they begin learning, relearning through. Um, if they wanted the sound and the sound feels better and looks better and the brain just goes after like your system keeps right. the, the pathway that it wants to already without the external um, external concept forcing it to but it's almost like it's going to choose it anyway so allow the person to choose it and move forward with it in that way exactly yes I mean because neurofeedback was founded on a study with cats back in the 60s with Barry Sturman and those cats, we couldn't tell them what to do. Hey, try to focus a little more or what, you know, <laughs> it's silly. So what they did was they measured the brainwave activity in those cats. And every time they produced a half second burst of a particular brainwave that they wanted to encourage, they gave those cats a little bit of milk and broth. And those cats were able to learn to increase that particular brainwave component band, 13 to 15 hertz, maybe 12 to 15 hertz maximum, little, little bit of frequency like that, they were able to increase that just by getting a little bit of milk and broth. So for us, it's easier. We just want to see stuff better if we're watching TV, right? <laughs> and the brain can do it. Mm -hmm. So when you say, um, as as you put in, put on the uh, the, let's say the cap or to actually put in um, the electrodes in the locations. Do you also do brain mapping? There are areas that are actually doing brain mapping before they put the electrodes. Yes. Back then, 12 years ago, I didn't have that. We were doing a single site evaluation with one sensor here in the middle, but yes, we've, we've come a, a long way and now we are able to put you know, a snug cap like this looks like a swim cap on someone's head and put a little gel in there and take recordings with their eyes closed and then with their eyes open. And based on that, along with some other assessments, we know what that brain needs to learn. You know, we can see which areas aren't functioning well and which areas are and what that brain needs to learn to better regulate. And how do you um, do the reinforcement or encouragement? How do you then do the encouragement that you see that that area of uh, the brain needs? Mm -hmm. that's the software. The software will be programmed just like with the cats, let's say 12 to 15 Hertz frequency. Anytime they increase this and go above the threshold, what they're watching is going to play a little bit brighter and louder. They're going to be able to hear it better. And, and when they're not producing more of that, it's going to go dimmer and quieter. And then it's just a process of rewarding the brain repeatedly. 
Um, and you do that over and over, like when you learn to ride a bike or write with a pencil or practice a musical instrument, it, you know, it starts out a little awkward and you practice, 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 and pretty soon you're doing it without thinking about it. That's neuroplasticity. The brain will create new pathways according to what it's been repeating and learning. So then there's physical changes that are long-term and permanent. Definitely. My son had 40 sessions and it got rid of his lack of impulse control, gave him that pause to, you know, before reacting that he never had since birth. One of the conversations I um, hear a lot is that after probably the 40 sessions, but after about six months to nine months, that it doesn't hold the same way and uh, it returns. And I've seen people go back to do very minimal sessions afterward, and it brings it right back into the optimum place. And I usually, nice. uh, um, I usually share it as if you know, if you've done, uh, you know, one year of training um, with a trainer, and a gym, and obviously your muscles work. And if you're, you know, for it has changed something in your body and metabolism. But if you don't go to the gym for one year, that your body might not. Um, you know, be active as much. And the minute that you begin doing some of the exercises, your body kicks in and, and uh, we'll go back to that threshold. I think if you, uh, if people look at neurofeedback from the same place, for some people, it changes the, you know, the neuroplasticity and the neural network change permanently. And, you know, they connect in a way that it's permanent. And for some, it might need more boosts, of, you know, in six months or, or a year. I know kids who, um, when their school year, they go to and do neurofeedback, and then they take off, and then you know come back and you know specifically through the time that they're going back into school and having to do their exam, they go and take sessions. What has your uh, experience been? Yeah, well, I've had both of those experiences and scenarios. You know, I have people that have gone through 40 sessions, their issue has been resolved. It's never come back. That's my son. He's the poster child, right? So I expected that from the beginning, but then I do have people where they might feel like they're backsliding a little bit. And I think a lot of the factors have to do with the stress load in their environment, their diet, their sleep, their habits, all of that ties in. It's not just the one thing that fixes everything. You know, you've got to look at your entire lifestyle and what's happening. So when you're under more stress and everything, certainly you can have little setbacks. Another big factor in it is how many sessions did you do for how long and what time period? So neurofeedback is not a quick fix or a magic pill. It takes time, just like we talked about writing with a pencil or riding a bike or learning a musical instrument. That doesn't happen overnight. Same with neurofeedback. You don't go in for a couple sessions and expect that to stick forever. And there are some providers out there that will do, you know, per session or smaller amounts. I've always um, done a minimum. You know, I have people commit to that 40 sessions at about 30 minutes each or more to make sure they're walking away with long-term permanent change. So there's, there's been the different scenarios, there are peak performers and people that just love how they feel when they come in for those boosters and they want to continue. And why not? It can't hurt. It's just learning using technology. Um, and you talked also a little bit about the uh, the transcranial magnetic um, stimulation, which is a different, um, completely a different equipment than neurofeedback. Yes. And that's one of the versions of it that does use a magnetic stimulation in the brain. So I have not personally used it. I, I've been in um, toward, you know, facilities where they're doing the research on it. And 
and there is um, some funding and money involved. So they are getting some of that covered by insurance and everything for you know depression and anxiety. That's one of the ones I hear though, that often it doesn't stick as long, but again, I don't personally use it. So I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm the expert on that particular modality at this point. Yeah. Well, but it's being used effectively. Yes. Well, the neurofeedback, most of the research shows that it has been really effective on AD, diagnosis such as ADD, ADHD, and definitely anxiety, because it can even, right. you know, when you do the, the test, you could even see if this kind of impulse control or lack of um, the focus is due to anxiety or is it actually due to ADD or ADHD and it really supports it. I think with TMS, yeah. transcranial uh, magnetic stimulation, a lot of research has been done um, with depression and they've got yeah. more of the, um, you know, minimizing depression. And I, I know they were doing more research on bipolar at this point um, also and a little bit on anxiety. So I think- yeah looking at different angles of this. Right. Um, it's been interesting how the anxiety in our population has gone up so much. And even prior to the pandemic, all the years that I've been watching these brain maps as a collective, I, I had about half dozen offices over here on the East Coast and the, and the one in Utah. And I was seeing those patterns of anxiety in the brain map reports even prior to where we would have people coming in with focus and attention and memory issues. But the thing is, when you have those anxiety patterns, your cognition is the last thing that's coming online. <laughs> so, you know, as a society, you have to ask yourself what's going on pre even pre-pandemic. Is it is it this technology that we're constantly hypervigilant about? Is it our diet? is it our lifestyle? What is it, you know, that's causing those levels of anxiety and those patterns in the brain? It's pretty interesting. It'd be interesting that instead of like the gaming industry would actually take this concept of the neurofeedback in and, and utilize it from a, um, you know, um, I mean, they, they work more from an addictive model. They want to get you addicted. And it's like, how can, it would be really great for the industry to take on this concept because of the healthier brain that they could create for, you know, teams actually. And as you were talking about to take, that you took this actually to the, um, to the program, I was just thinking of what a novel idea if every single school had a neurofeedback machine and that the you know, that the teens could just go in there and, uh, you know, every day and take turn and utilize the machine in there, uh, you know, let's create a system for that because obviously brings down their anxiety, obviously, right. them, you know, uh, focus more, obviously it gets them to be regulating themselves, their emotions much better. And therefore, they learn, they hold, uh, you know, if they pay attention, they hold it in their memory, they retain well, and the academic uh, jumps up. So it's such a um, great um, collaboration if, you know, if some of the funding would go to schools to bring such a system and actually house it in all of the schools, especially junior high and high school, since right. those are the times that the emotional regulation becomes really disturbed and um, and and if there are um you know diagnoses that are happening shows up in these ages much more than the adulthood this is almost like a lot of the onset or that you could see it 
and therefore they you know because the brain is still building until 25 you can really create permanent uh changes in in, in that so instead absolutely of see permanent changes with drugs they can create permanent changes right. I am so excited that you said that. That is the whole purpose and mission of why I founded Symmetry Neuropathway Training. I mean, that was my vision. If my son had access to this in all of these programs that he, in schools and environments that he kept getting kicked out of, we, you know, we could have saved a lot of trauma and a lot of money. It would be a lot less expensive if we had neurofeedback um, rooms set up in schools across the country. Why not? We're using technology every day anyways. They could have they could go a couple times a week, just like they go to English class or PE class. They could go to the neuro PT room, you know, and every household should have access to it as well. So we have super user-friendly software. I train professionals to provide this. We do actually have a public school. We have some private schools. We have therapeutic programs. We have individual practitioners using this, and we have at-home services to help people have access because you hit the nail on the head. Why wouldn't we want to embrace this for everybody, you know, and have it accessible to avoid? If you looked at the economics of it, it would be a lot cheaper to help these kids earlier on than later. Yes. Yes. I mean, I've been, I've, uh, we've been working on the um, opiate crisis and uh, looking at how um, a lot um, of uh, the misregulation starts in such a young age and then obviously from you know mar marijuana or pills and then it keeps moving forward and they just you know uh, trying to use something else to regulate themselves which it does turns uh, backwards and really dysregulates them consistently now, do you also have equipment that people can use at home? I mean, obviously, everybody yes. or to have a $20,000 equipment at their home. But are there equipment that are a little bit more suitable for people just to kind of like order and have at home? Yes, absolutely. And we have an app specifically for home use. And I have coaches that you know, call you weekly and text weekly. So we don't just sell systems and leave you on your own to try to use it. We are still giving you the same service that you would have coming into the office, but we're there remotely for you. Thank goodness I had that right before the COVID <laughs> pandemic. So uh, a lot of people have embraced that and they're even more open to doing remote sessions like that now at home, you know, and um, it's working really well for people. So how do they, do they use the app? What about the cap? Do you send them... We, yeah, we actually send them a, a video introduction of what to expect. And we do an onboarding call with them to kind of walk them through what's going to happen. And we send the cap and the amplifier and they're already aware of what that's going to look like. And we zoom in there, make sure the signals are good. Then they'll send that cap back to us usually. And they'll just have a smaller amplifier and a few sensors. The sensors are just, uh, let's see if I can pull one over here. They're a little tangled, but the sensors that go on the scalp are just a small, a little silver, about the about the tip of a pencil eraser. And there might be one or two of those on their scalp for their actual sessions. And the app is made very simple where they plug in the amplifier, put their sensors on there and watch something. And it's going to do that fading and reward them. And like I said, we are checking in on a regular basis. And my case management team is looking at their brainwave activity throughout the sessions to ensure they're really getting the results that we want. So it's a comprehensive plan, but yes, we can send it anywhere. That's beautiful. I, I know. 
many so happy about it in my mind that uh, need this very much because it's very it's hard um, i think that um i've asked people to go um to neurofeedback and there's always been this conversation of you know it's very difficult with all that happens for a teenager between the things they got to do and their parents to keep putting like twice a week, three times a week of going somewhere, driving, taking somebody 30 minutes and coming back. So that's almost yes. three hours of their day within a week and doing this for 40, you know, um, 40 sessions. And then the cost involved of all doing all of that. And I think that what you're um, offering, it really makes it a lot more easier for a person to be able just to to do this at home in their con the convenient of, you know, it only takes half an hour. It doesn't take now three hours by the time you get on, go park, sit, come back, you know, and do all of this. So it really, really makes it more efficient. And are yes. you doing a lot of research on as, as you are creating, a, obviously, a lot of information and data? Are you doing research in what kind of conditions or, or, um, you know, what is working for and what it might not be working for, what is best for and what is not best for? Yeah, there's a lot of people um, continuing to do the research on neurofeedback since the 60s. So International Society for Neuroregulation Research, ISNR, uh, there's studies from around the world being populated on there. That's one of the best organizations, AAPB. That's, I, I forget the uh, exact, what those acronyms stand for, but the, there's research on there as well. I personally haven't had the need to do that because there are universities already doing it. But in the future, I've got, I'm partnering with some others to develop some additional technology and we will definitely be gathering more and more data and um, creating more studies along the way. Beautiful, Diane Costa, everyone. Um, where can they find you? Where can they find Symmetry Neuropathway Training? I think it's symmetryneuropt.com, right? Yes, that's it. Right. And that is for, you can click on that website. It's broken down pretty clearly, whether you're seeking services for yourself or if you want to provide services, whether you're a school program, an individual you know, practitioner, we're here to help you any way we can get it out there. It literally saved my son's life. And um, now he's one of the most disciplined people I know. <laughs> so, Isn't that awesome? Anything, Diane, we haven't said that you really want people to know? Uh, I think we just covered it. You really, um, really zoomed in on that purpose and mission that we want all of you to have access to this and, and we want to help other providers provide it. That's really the bottom line. I know that based on what we went through and what I've seen, all these families are going through, that if we have better regulated brains at home, in the household, and in the schools, our society can be a lot different. Very much, very much. Um, all right, everybody. So go to www.symmetryneuropt.com. I will put it also on the um narration that we put in on the podcast or the YouTube. So check that out. Um, symmetry with two M's, symmetryneuropt.com. Thank you so much, Diane. For awesome. Thank you for having me. It was enjoyable. Same here. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye.
Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.